Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. I'm excited about today's episode because over the weekend, there was a wrestling event, AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. I didn't watch it. As I've said plenty of times, I'm kind of out on the whole wrestling thing, but I can spot a phenomenon when I see one. And from what I saw in my Twitter timeline over the weekend, the event went well enough that people are excited about what happens with the AEW. So I thought that I would talk a little bit about it on today's episode. Uh, Steve Muehlhausen of Sporting News is a guy I follow. I follow for a really long time. He's a guy that, that used to listen to me when I was doing the wrestling show with Jonathan Hood back in the day. He's been all over it. So I wanted to invite him onto the show, onto the pod today and discuss it. And I wanted to play one of the promos that caught my attention, courtesy of AEW, All Elite Wrestling. In the middle of the conversation, you'll hear that part of it, too. So if you're a wrestling fan, this episode's for you. We talk a little WWE in here as well. Enjoy. Why was there so much fervor about AEW starting up in the first place? So much of it was just because you you have... It was a vision. It was a project. It was more more of a dream, you know, of three guys, you know, with Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, and and you know this, Lawrence. You're you're a wrestling fan just like I am. People are getting tired of WWE. It's there's no continuity. It's the same thing week after week after week. You look at this Monday's Raw. What is Raw? We start with a promo. What do we get on Monday? A 20-minute segment with Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman, Kofi Kingston, and Seth Rollins. It's a, it's a repeated pattern. The match, there's no storylines. The matches aren't really that good. And wrestling fans are looking for an alternative. They're looking for something different. This is what these three guys bring to the table. And it really all started because of social media. Their YouTube channel, Being the Elite, gets 250 to 300,000 viewers a week. You know, they're very active on social media. When they were in Ring of Honor, they would always do meet and greets with the fans. They would extend their time beyond that with the fans. They would be like, hey, what do you guys want? What do you want to see? And then that all led to what we saw in last September at All In. It was just a show at the Sears Center that really wasn't supposed to do anything. No one really knew. No one had ever drawn more than 5,000 people. It wasn't a WWE show since the heyday of WCW. And look at what happened. In under 30 minutes, 11,263 tickets were sold. The event was sold out. That's when the game, the game changed. And then Tony Khan, the owner of the, his father, Saeed Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tony works for the Jaguars as well and does analytics, but he owns the Fulton uh, English soccer team. So he was at the stay invited them to stay. He started talking with the Jacksons and Cody during the summer just to see if they'd have any interest. And you know wrestling, Lawrence. It's a fly-by-night thing. A lot of guys say, oh, I have all this money. They do a show or two, then they're done. Then the money's gone. But after numerous conversations, the Jacksons were like, okay, they invited them out. They, him and, them and Cody invited them out to all in, him out to all in. He stayed really kind of just behind the scenes. He was at the show. He actually sat in a crowd, which I didn't see, which was quite surprising. And then the wheels just start going and going and going. They filed LLCs, and 
they make the announcement in January that in Jacksonville that this is going to be a thing. Their first pay-per-view was this past weekend, and then they announced about almost two weeks ago now that they're going to be on TNT two hours weekly starting in the fall. So that's the genesis and the short version of all the wrestling. Okay, so look, just so I can be honest with, with everyone who's listening, I have I have kind of phased out of watching wrestling. Like I, I don't find like what you're talking about. Like I haven't found other than the women's division in WWE, I haven't found it compelling in years. Like I haven't found anyone that, that interests me enough to stick with Raw or whatever other show they're doing now, um, all over the television screen. But I'll tell you this much, I was it may have even been you. Somebody tweeted out the promo that Cody Rhodes did for for all a double or nothing, and I was like, you know, I I am really impressed by just the tone of the promo. I love my brother. I have always loved my brother. When you're a little kid and you're going to the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia, and here he comes, tall, blonde, every woman in the place going absolutely nuts for him. I'd say at one point he was my hero. You know, there's this regular jilted and lazy trope commentators in wrestling will use. You'll hear them say, the prodigal son. And I have to wonder, I'm curious, who out there listening actually understands the morals and the implications in Luke 15, 11, at parable. There's brothers. One does everything right. One works very hard tries to keep his family whole. The other goes abroad, whores about, and makes every conceivable wrong choice you could possibly make. But it's the first brother who is equally in the wrong because he has an expectancy from the father for all his good deeds, and none of it matter. The father loved them the same. I've sat on enough couches telling my story to know which brother I am. I'm good with it. And this notion of brother versus brother, of, of natural versus nightmare, it's all very marketable, it's all very romantic, albeit not very accurate. What's accurate is that this match is generation versus generation. I am not here to kill Dustin Rhodes. I'm here to kill the Attitude Era. My entire lot, my whole class of peers, has been compared to these gilded late 90s through the early 2000s for over a decade, and it's an utter sham. Sure, you paved the roads for us, but gosh, you set the speed markers at 35 because you are terrified of any of us putting our foot down on the pedal. You mean to tell me some pissant bodybuilder making every match a no DQ, meandering around the crowd, throwing the jib cam at his opponent, compares with a Kenny Okada match? Or some bra and panty spectacular can match up with what the women did last September 1st? Or even Dwayne, as electric as it was, rhyming and raising, was it really better than what Punk said sitting on that stage? <laughs> Listen, I am the least Rhodes of the Rhodes. But they gave me a pair of boots. I've got the basics. When you do something to death, when you ride something to death, that's literally what happens. 
when that animal can't go anymore and it falls out on the trail and you can feel the tension in its eyes and its fluttered breaths of panic and it knows it's going to die and it wants to die. You don't just leave it because you love it. You pull from the hip. You roll your fingers on the steel of the chamber. You pull the hammer back. You do not anticipate the recoil. And you blow it away. Like the way it was shot, the way that it was handled, I thought it was really, really good. And and I said to myself, man, like this is the the type of of thing that I want to see wrestling evolve to. Now, maybe it's because I'm an old head and it, and it just like it, it struck me right. But I just felt like it was a a better produced promo product than than what we were getting from WWE. How old are you again? Lawrence? I'm 30 and I know me and you are right around the same age. I'm 43. OK, so we're right in that. We're in that key spot, that 35 to 49 demo. And you and you hit it spot on. That's the demo WWE is only getting. They're getting that 35 to 40, and they're getting the plus 50. Those are when we were watching in the Attitude Era. We'd sit every Monday night. We'd have our buddies over, order the pizzas, drink the soda pop, order then order every pay-per-view. And, you know, that's the fan they, they still have, and that was 20 years ago. You talked about the promo by Cody, and Dustin caught a great promo as well. And that's the thing missing from WWE. It's the fact that when guys or girls go to the ring, they're just reciting lines. It's all about emotional investment. Why do I want to see this match? Why do I want to see a feud between A and B? All these guys had at AEW was being able to cut promos, whether it was for any social media platform, and it worked. You had the fan drawn in just by two promos for that match. And you look at the match. I watched it again Sunday night, Lawrence, and I cried. I, had to cover, I covered it live for Sporting News. I watched it again, and I cried like a five-year-old at the end when they hugged. It was because they told such a great story with two promos. They had you emotionally invested. WWE doesn't have that fan casually emotionally invested because all it is is you've got 40 writers who are writing these guys, guys and girls' lines. They're not speaking from the heart. They're speaking for what other people are thinking they want them to say. And if, you, if you're going to get a good promo, they, guys and girls, they have to come up with these promos themselves. It's the only way these feuds are going to work if you do an emotionally invested promo and has to come from the gut, not from somebody else. There was a time, and, and it's funny, John Oliver had actually spoken to it on an episode of his show a few weeks ago where if the WWE fan felt strongly enough about something, Vince would sometimes acquiesce and and he would make changes. It seems like he's less willing to make changes to the product right now. Why is that? Why why is he not? Because he's he's been an innovator for damn near 50 years in, in this industry. Why is he no longer innovating? Times have changed. He's 
going to be 74 years old. And, you know, there's some things that I will say, and, you know, I don't want this to be like a total not bashing WWE fest because there are some great things WWE has done lately. You know, you look at the Kofi Kingston run to the title at WrestleMania. That was just organic. The fans got behind it. It was a story of a guy who was an 11-year journey to a guy that was nothing more than a mid-card act where fans got behind him and they wanted him to be the guy. And you've seen the reaction at WrestleMania. He wins the title from Daniel Bryan. The fans go crazy. You look at Becky Lynch. That happened by pure accident. That happened because of her. That was nothing WWE did. But it was the same thing with Steve Austin. That's the same thing with really kind of the way The Rock. The fans make the guy or the woman. And and you look at but you look at the rest of the talent, you know, it's he's out of touch. And I hate saying it because like you said, Mitch McMahon's done so much for pro wrestling. That's a shame. But he's seventy he's gonna be seventy four years old. And when you get old when you, people get older no, you got grandparents. I got grandparents, and never. And all your listeners have grandparents. They're stuck in their ways. It's hard for them to want to make change, even though it's the right thing to do. They want to stay antiquated. They want. They want to go with what has always worked, and what's always worked then doesn't work out. This is a totally different time. This isn't 1986, the run of Hulkamania. This isn't the Attitude Era, led by Steve Austin. This is. 2019, the era of social media, the era of the fans. The fans are smarter now than when we were teenagers. And that's the thing I think, not just Vince, but I think the company as a whole has really failed to grasp is this isn't a, they're set for life. This is a, you can make more money. If you want to make more money than you already have, be, listen to your audience more. Because that's what's going to get that teenage demographic in. And that's going to be the next era of wrestling, is that 15 to 30 demographic. So for someone who wants to, because I'm, I'm close to, like, buying in on this and, and checking out the TNT show, at least the, the first couple of shows, what can I expect from what you saw at Double or Nothing? What do you think I can expect going forward with the AEW brand? You, you said part of it earlier, Lawrence, about the Cody promo. You're going to get organic promos you're gonna you're, you're gonna get raw emotion you're you're gonna get fantastic wrestling. let's take let's take it away the young bucks are the best tag team in the world lucha brothers probably the second best tag team in the world you got kenny omega in my mind and no offense to okada and new japan he's katsuchika okada is absolutely amazing but bout for bout there's no one better in my mind than kenny omega you got chris jericho you got now. You got John Moxley, former Team Ambrose in WWE. He's he's in the pack now. Adam Page, one of the best, one of the best young talents in the business. They have a good core. They have a good pace. MJF, in my mind, now know what you think. This kid's only twenty three years old, but he's someone said to me about Roddy Piper, and I've watched that promo a couple times. He did on that on that show, and I'm like, okay, I can get it a bit. And that's someone else to watch out for down the line. You're going to get great wrestling. You're going to get storytelling. They're going to make wins and losses actually matter. Kenny Omega lost in his first match. A lot of people are upset about that. But the story they're trying to tell makes sense. They're telling a story. They're going to make that loss mean something. The win by Jericho meant something. 
The young bucks only meant something, and the same thing for Cody. They're going to make everything there. It's not going to be, hey, one week Cody's going to beat Dustin, the next week Dustin's going to get the win back. It's not how things are going to go here. Things are going to make more sense. If you want the alternative, these guys are the place to go. And you look at, I don't know if you've watched Raw, but <laughs> you would have thought they would have, WWE would have stepped it up last night and done the same thing like we've been seeing for the last few years. And if you want that alternative, this is the place to go. If you want to watch wrestling, you want to watch good storylines, good promos, and by the way, great announcing, these are the guys you go to. Yeah, I, I saw you tweet out that, that there were some AEW chants at the Raw show last night. Oh, it was... WWE had this coming. It was a match. It was Shane McMahon. Who, man, I give credit. You know, fairly wrestles, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to get in there last night. And he faced, you know, it's a storyline because he, he faced Roman Reigns' his cousin. And the match was pretty brutal. The fans just started chaining AEW. Just, they started, <laughs> I'm like, I had someone there text me, and they're, um, they're like, you're hearing that, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And then they had then the thing with Sami Zayn, which I did the match with Seth Rollins, and they did this electric chair thing, which at the beginning I thought was kind of cool, and their fans are asking questions. He's bashing the fans, and he's like, oh, I'm paraphrasing this last part. He's like, oh, you're going to ask me about AEW. And a loud AEW champ broke out. It's like, why would you're number one? Why are you going to acknowledge number two, who's a very far number two? And then that shows something that that company, this company already has struck a chord, has hit a nerve to WWE. Hmm. It shouldn't be like that when you're worth $7 billion. But they've done something, it's, whether it's Moxley, which I thought was a big coup, or Jericho or whatever, whatever it is, they've already hit a chord with WWE. And I think Vince McMahon, you talk about antiquated. I think Vince McMahon told Jamie Zane to say that not expecting that crowd in Kansas City to chant AEW. And I just put that out there, and that just exploded. That, that hit, a, hit a nerve a little bit with people. So I, people want to say a war. I'm not going that far yet. But the competition is there. And this is going to be a fun If you're a, Lawrence, if you're going to get back on the train, it's time to jump on the train. Okay, this, all right. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's time to jump back so I can get my my old school before Vince gobbled everything up. I can get my my Nitro ECW uh, fixes throughout the week now with AEW and and maybe see if they can make the WWE product better. You one hundred percent because and you know when when we were kids, you know, Attitude Era, WCW was beating the crap out of WWE. ECW was a, was a distance, but everyone, ECW was awful that often. There was times ECW was a little bit better than WWE, and then later on, near the end of WCW. People want, people want competition. That's the one thing that Vince McMahon thrived on. He thrived on competition in the 80s at the end, taking all those regional territories, and then smashing the NWA to the point where, it, where Crockett had to sell the Ted Turner because he was about to file bankruptcy. Then you look at what happened... Turner brings in Bischoff, tells, wants Nitro, and then lets Eric go do his thing in the NWO hit. Look at what happened there. It forced Vince McMahon to change. After one week, Vince McMahon didn't change, but they told me one week. And I'm going to give them that because he's still 
Triple H is a smart guy. Vince is a smart guy. I think we now are going to see a little more in the hands of Paul Levesque right now. I really do think so. I think this is going to be now where I think they got to realize, let him steer more of the ship to a little more of his direction that you see in NXT. Because NXT is fantastic. NXT is great. If you're not watching takeovers, they got one Saturday. It's going to be a great show. If he can do a little bit of that, sprinkle it to the main roster, I think we got some. I think we're going to have some good competition here starting in October. And you got the show here in August with AEW. They're coming at the end of August. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I also thought that it was interesting, like even Cody Rhodes talking about the inclusion uh, aspect of AEW was a far cry from some of the stereotypical characters that we grew up watching when we were kids, Steve. You know, I agree. You know, you you look at, you know, our editor, it's our combat sports editor at Sporting News, Andre Sale, is African-American. And he put out a tweet because Cody, because his wife Brandy is also African-American, and they were bringing their... It was Mark Henry was there. And think about this. A WWE guy, Lawrence, was, he referenced because he has a show on Sirius. So he's bring, he's ask, he asked Cody about, like, symbolism and about his, wife, about his wife, and they were talking about, you know, I'm paraphrasing about, you know, I don't, he was, like, saying, I don't see color. And then Brandy said, If you don't see color, you don't see my struggle. Exactly. And then our editor quoted that out. We wrote an article on it, and it just, you had, I don't the Congresswoman AOC, I don't remember her full name off the top of my head, but she went and tweeted it out, and articles around the country were talking about that. And that's like something like right there. You have an African-American woman who is your chief brand officer. And I give WWE credit for the fact that yeah, they have women on, you know, in their corporate structure. But not in that high profile position where there's no there's no African Americans. And that's a, and I take I'm thinking it what you're answering, and I'm gonna use that. Because that's what separates them. Just like something like that. I well, even them like I, I enjoyed them even having like a press conference afterwards. Like yeah. I I thought that was amazing. Like seeing being able to see Cody out there answering questions after he has this match, I, I thought it was a dope way to engage people. Exactly. And that's what, like, my editor's texting me, and he's like, man, we're, doing, we're going to be doing scrums. And I'm like, this is kind of almost, like, very antiquated. And I'm like, it's very new. And I'm like, hey, what? Because New Japan does those. And that's why I think they got that method from, because New Japan Pro Wrestling does those. And they've done shows here in the States, and when they do, when they do big shows in Japan, they do the same thing of where they'll do, like, media scrums. I think he has to do that. You know, you can say what you want about the wrestling media. Yeah, there's some sites out there that are just click and paste. Uh, they, they are, I'm not going to lie, but there are some really good wrestling journalists out there. There's a lot of good, and there's a lot of good websites in general that cover pro wrestling. I'm not going to toot our horn, but I know we cover, at Sporting News, we cover pro wrestling very well. That's been done. Yahoo does. ESPN does. There's a lot of CBS Sports does. You know, you, a lot of your big sites are covering now non-pro wrestling sites are covering pro wrestling. That's the right thing to do, and you're going to get scrums with like with Cody, Tony, and Tony Khan, the owner of the company. When's the last time Vince McMahon sat and talked to a group of media people? I can't remember it. And usually, what happens is he ends up in these one-on-one interviews where 
he he's very uncomfortable and is making the interviewer uncomfortable. So you're Steve, you're right on, man. I I and I appreciate you jumping on the pod with me to talk about this today. If people want to find your work, where can they find it? You can find it at sportingnews.com. Go we got WWE Pub Hub right up there. WWE we cover MMA, we cover boxing. You can find us on Twitter at Sporting News. Our combat sports channel on Twitter and on Instagram is at SN underscore fights. My Twitter is at S Mulehausen MMA, and I'll spell that for you real quick. Please do. <laughs> it's S M U E H L H A U S E N M M A. And Lawrence, it's been a pleasure, my friend. It's good to see. There's a lot of more wrestling fans out, a lot of more wrestling friends out there than just me and my buddy. Well, I mean, it, it, we'll see. I mean, I think your your quote of "It's time for me to get back on the train" is uh, an interesting one, and I will tell you that they have captured my attention, and I and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. So, Steve, thanks so much for joining me, man. Lawrence, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. It was my honor. Steve Muehlhausen of Sporting News. Okay. I I didn't get the pay-per-view, but I'm interested. And so I'm going to check out the TNT show. I appreciate you listening to Loho Daily today. Let me know what you think. If you checked out AEW this weekend, hit me up on Twitter. At Lawrence W. Holmes is where you can find me. Or on Instagram. Thanks for listening.